If you've been told to pull up your socks, then make sure it's a pair of TNT socks. The TNT shop is now open at tntradio.live. You're with Hervoy Morich on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Happy Monday, coming to you live from Mexico. And you might notice that you can see my ugly mug now. So you can see all the wrinkles and my <laughs> hairy face. So uh, things are advancing here at TNT Radio. It's uh, it's a lot of fun, uh, and it's uh, I'm I'm happy to be part of part of this ride. Uh, we got a great, by the way, I've got a great lineup of guests this week today. Michael Fiore, Fiorellino of uh, Mike uh, No Go Zones, Lee Slusher, security expert, is. Uh, returning as well to the program uh and i got uh a musician koki koki uh will uh, samuel jacob lopez jr joining me on wednesday for the first time uh and dr li meng yan on uh china and biowarfare among other great guests i thought i'd start out with a quote as i like to do this one is from carl von clausewitz Many intelligence reports in the war are contradictory, even more are false, and most are uncertain. Uh, and, you know, if if perhaps I have been limited on giving some of my commentary on global uh, events in Ukraine and Israel-Palestine, I think that's why, because it's hard to tell, uh, you know, what, what is true and what is not. And I'll, I'll abide by Clausewitz's doctrine for now. Some algorithm ghetto news. Iconic, which is run by Gareth Ike uh, and David Ike. Gareth is David's son. I enjoy some of the work they do. I was a subscriber for a while. They tweet today that, quote, the demonic and satanic organization that is Pentagon Tube, as I call it, YouTube, have removed the whole iconic channel this morning with zero warning, four years of content, 20,000 subscribers. The censors want to decide everything you see, read, or listen to. And the freedom to make a decision for yourself is quickly being eroded. So uh, another one there bites the dust. And if you haven't heard, Roger Waters of Pink Floyd was denied hotel rooms in the capitals of Argentina and Uruguay due to allegations of anti-Semitism from Uruguay's Israeli lobby. So, you know, this is a taste of the social credit system in in the west you step on some toes you can't can't book hotel rooms your bank account is deleted your social media is zombied uh and it only gets worse from there i think as we as they uh you know build out the digital concentration camp and this is also some frightening news coming out of singapore which has set the monetary authority of singapore has set settlement ledger tokenization bridge programmability protocol and name service is the four key building blocks to the use of digital currencies so they are really uh advancing on the um digital singapore dollar it's called project orchid orchid uh and it talks about a settlement ledger needed to record digital money transfers tokenization all this crazy uh stuff uh they talk about a fourth building block service for verification purchases which can translate between the wallet addresses and alternative name identifiers this is what the <laughs> algorithm ghetto of the future 
looks like uh so they're advancing on that front and I thought I'd mentioned this which was um also very interesting when it comes to surveillance and privacy tuta or tuta nota uh, a number of folks especially in alternative media have been using private email services I use uh start mail you've got a number of others proton mail tuta nota uh and apparently tuta has issued a statement that refutes claims by a former police officer uh, a Canadian Royal Canadian Mounted Police RCMP and the police officer uh, in court uh he basically called Tuta uh said that it operated as a storefront for intelligence gathering um he said he testified that Tuta Nota is a fake service set up by five eyes intelligence agencies to have criminals use it and collect data about their activities uh, this guy's currently on trial in, in Ottawa. He's accused of selling state secrets to uh, criminals. He says if targets begin to use that service, the agency that's collecting that info would be able to feed back that info into the Five Eyes system and then back to the RCMP. Something to think about. Uh, you know, maybe Tutanota is a legit service and the powers that be want to taint its reputation. Or maybe... Uh, it is a front for spy agencies you know if I were a spy agency I would set up something like Tuta Nota um also some sad news this is coming from a mainstream news source Westchester News 12 Orange County 15 month old baby dies two days after well visit vaccinations uh it says the the parents brought Melody to her pediatrician's office October 7th for her well visit where she received three vaccines two days later without showing any signs that anything was wrong uh the the mother said her daughter stopped breathing and went into cardiac arrest it was the most horrible day of my life uh she said so there you go take that for uh what you will very sad story and here's one more for you Biden invokes wartime powers to fund electric heaters as he cracks down on gas appliances these wartime powers I think were used last uh when Stalin was still in charge so he invoked Cold War era law to pour taxpayer funds into domestic manufacturing of electric heat pumps uh so really you know this this whole global warming thing climate change thing is it's it's you know it's uh like King Charles III said this is a military operation basically so uh that is pretty crazy I'm going to remind y'all that you can listen to TNT Radio uh live now in in many ways we're streaming from uh, tntradio.live you got the smartphone app uh and if you want to see us you can watch the video stream now on YouTube Rumble and Odyssey we've got you covered on TNT Radio Keeping the commitment 24-7. I come to you for facts. I really appreciate what you and your team do. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. On Sunday, Yemen's Houthi rebels seized an Israeli-linked cargo ship in a crucial Red Sea shipping route and took its 25 crew members hostage, raising fears that regional tensions heightened over the Israel-Hamas war were playing out on the new maritime front. Here with the story joining me now is TNT Radio News producer Adam Clark, aka Ruckus. 
Thanks, Rory. Uh, interestingly, Israel has condemned the move despite insisting that the ship had absolutely no connection to them. That's kind of funny. Um, so what happened? So the Iran-backed Houthi rebels, that's right, said they hijacked the ship over its connection to Israel and would continue to target ships in international waters that would link, that were linked to or owned by Israelis until the end of Israel's campaign against Gaza's Hamas terrorists. The Houthis said, quote, all ships belonging to the Israeli enemy or that deal with it will become legitimate targets, end quote. Mohammed Abdul Salam, the Houthis chief negotiator and spokesman, later added in an online statement that the Israelis only understand, quote, the language of force. Uh, he added that, quote, the detention of the Israeli ship is a practical step that proves the seriousness of the Yemeni armed forces in waging the sea battle, regardless of its costs and costs. Could be a misprint. Quote, this is the beginning, end quote. Uh, Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu's office had blamed the Houthis for the attack on the Bahamas-flagged Galaxy Leader, a vehicle carrier affiliated with an Israeli billionaire. It said the 25 crew members had a range of nationalities, including Bulgarian, Filipino, Mexican, and Ukrainian, but that no Israelis had been on board. The Houthis said they were treating the crew members, quote, in accordance with their Islamic values, end quote, but did not elaborate on what that meant. Netanyahu's office condemned the seizures as a, quote, Iranian act of terror, end quote. The Israeli military called the hijacking a, quote, very grave incident of global consequence, end quote. Strong words. Israeli officials insisted the ship was British-owned and Japanese-operated. However, ownership details in public shipping databases associated with the ship's owners with Ray Car Carriers, which was founded by Abraham Rami Ungar, who is known as one of the richest men in Israel. Ungar told the Associated Press he was aware of the incident, but could not comment as he awaited details. A ship linked to him experienced an explosion in 2021 in the Gulf of Oman. Israeli, Israeli media blamed it on Iran at the time. International shipping often involves a series of management companies, flags and owners stretching across across the globe in a single vessel. Two U.S. defense officials confirmed that Houthi rebels seized the galaxy leader in the Red Sea on Sunday afternoon time. The rebels descended on the cargo ship by rappelling from a helicopter, according to officials, which confirmed details that were first reported by NBC News. The officials, of course, spoke on condition of anonymity because they were not authorized to publicly discuss the matter that resembles other vessel seizures conducted by Iran, which long has armed the Houthis. Uh, interestingly, twice in the last month, U.S. warships have intercepted missiles or drones from Yemen that they were believed to be headed, that they believed were to be headed toward Israel or posing a threat to American vessels. The USS Kearney, a naval destroyer, intercepted three land attack cruise missiles and several drones that were launched by Houthi forces toward the northern Red Sea last month um, and so on. So, yeah, this appears like uh, it's go time, uh, Harvori. Is this the ultimate hashtag? Let's get this party started. Who knew it was going to be a, a boat party on a boat? Yeah, this is great.
Yeah, you know, is Chris was a Chris Farley, the late uh, comedian, used to say, "It's it's go time. Let's go. It's it's go time." I mean, I've I've watched that clip. Uh, no, it was last night or earlier this morning. It looked like something out of Counter Counter Strike, the the video game. It was, I have to say, it was impressive. Really, uh, the, the helicopter landing on the uh, ship, uh, and then you know the the the, the quote terrorists or, or, or rebels taking it over. Um, that was quite uh, impressive, and it's funny because maybe a day or two ago, uh, one of the smart people that I follow, uh, his name is Anas Al Haji this uh expert in uh energy uh, he's got a big following on on twitter 155 000. Uh, he tweeted just uh, a day or two ago he said keep an eye uh on the straight hashtag oil yemen gaza uh and it seems like something might be brewing there and really it's a precarious situation i mean any which way you cut it this could lead to a world war three uh, scenario. I mean, if, if the oil if the oil is cut off there, um, the consequences are going to be insane. And you know, today Indian uh, retired diplomat Badra Kumar posts: U.S. embarks on proxy war against Iran, and he says a massive U.S. naval deployment in a wide arc of the so-called Greater Middle East is underway, stretching from Crete in the eastern Mediterranean into the Red Sea and the Bab el Mandeb and into the Gulf of Aden and all the way into the Gulf of Oman. This deterrent display may transform as large-scale offensive operations and aims to rework the geopolitical alignments and bring them back to the traditional groups of intra-regional rivalries in the Gulf region. So, I mean, you're getting a lot of people providing these interesting uh, analysis. And again, we're, we're headed here into dangerous territory, I think. Um, if something happens in these waterways, um, oil can be cut by the Iranians and we could be off to the races, Ruckus. What, what do you think? I think I don't want to be off to the races and I definitely don't like boats, especially ones that are in the ocean. So I want nothing to do with any of this, bro. Uh, seriously, it's an interesting name for the ship too, Galaxy Leader. I don't, I don't know if that really means anything, but I thought that was a strange name for a ship. Um, but yeah, this has certainly been ramping up. We've been talking about this right here on this show and other shows on this network about how the uh, they're poking the Iran bear right now. Well, I mean, I don't know if that's a bear. I don't know what that is, but they're poking Iran. They, they really want to kick things off. They've been trying to do this for a long, long, long time. That's nothing new. Um, so uh, this looks like it's a, a good opportunity for them to do that. I mean, perfect excuse with the Hamas thing going on uh, and the Houthis. Yep. Houthis directly associated. I don't know how closely or the reality of their association with Iran is, but that's the the, the picture that's been painted as long as I can remember uh, the media talking about them. So, yeah, if uh, something happens and they point a finger at Houthi, they can say, yep, that was really Iran. And there you go. As you say, off to the races. Yeah. And Anas Al-Haji also comments on another unintended consequence, a major oil spill, uh, which again, that'd be a, another huge headache. And Badra Kumar says the U.S. risks getting entangled with the resistance groups, which have nothing to lose and everything to gain by creating a quagmire for Washington. The heart of the matter is that the resistance groups are operating in their native lands and enjoy vast networks of social support. This therefore becomes an unequal battle in the final analysis, whether it's worth taking the risk 
all for the sake of boosting the sagging Israeli morale should be a soul-searching question for the Biden administration before embarking on yet another forever war in in the Middle East. All right, interesting story. Ruckus, we'll catch up with you in a bit. We've got Mike from MikeNoGoZones.com returning to the broadcast. Uh, phone lines are open. We'll be right back. You should hear what George Eliasson is talking about. Donald Trump's wolves. Now, we've talked about the Colorado case, the 14th Amendment case, and the judge has denied uh, the motion to dismiss. Now, if you don't remember, the suit cites the 14th Amendment clause banning those who participate or assist in the insurrection from taking office. And they're making this legal argument based on Trump's actions before and on January 6th. And when they claim that thousands of his supporters were creating an act of sedition at the Capitol. During January 6th, um, Trump actually offered to call the National Guard in. He told the protesters to keep things peaceful. And this is all public knowledge. This isn't a political action. They're trying to control once again who can run for the office of president and who cannot. War of the Worlds with George Eliason on today's News Talk. TNT Radio. When you can point me to an industry, to a platform that reaches 250 million people a month, virtually nine out of 10 Americans, that's real, that's substantive, that's important. And that reach and that touch point and that daily reinforcement, it's an amazing place to be able to communicate messages. That's massive. To find out more, go to TNTradio.live. Ladies and gentlemen, today's news talk. News and information. TNT Radio. All right. Returning to the Rebel Transmission is Michael Fiorellino, documentarian based in Miami, Florida. You might know him as the co-creator of No-Go Zones. He's generally traveling to unknown places, uh, part travel documentary, part social experiment uh, so check out the website mikenogozones.com he's also on twitter x at mnogozones como estas mike estoy muy bien gracias por tenerme to the show okay let's do it in english <laughs> uh, again uh, thank you again Hervoye, for having me on again uh i'm really flattered that i was asked to join your uh, show no I, I i like your work um and again i encourage people to check out your website your documentaries people can support you uh as well um and there's a lot going on but i i was checking out your x feed and i guess i mean there's a lot of insane important news but uh we'll start maybe with argentina uh and Millet. you tweeted out quote the election of javier Millet is exactly what argentina needed for too long they were under the yoke of peronism and dependence of the state Hopefully more countries in the region will follow the lead of Argentina and El Salvador and reject socialism. So it, it, it is a pretty historic moment. What do you make of uh, Millet coming to power? I, to be honest, I'm pleasantly surprised that he won the election because uh, the Peronist party in Argentina has had such a stranglehold on the people there for so long. And I guess, um, uh, I think, uh, what was the opponent, Mesa, Masi, Mesa? Uh, was warning the people. Yes, uh, uh, he was warning the people there, like, "Oh, if you if Malay wins, you're gonna actually have to start paying for your bus fare," and you know to put that fear tactic into the people. And it uh, looks like his fear tactics uh, didn't work this time. 
And uh, I actually have uh, some distant family that live in Argentina. As you know, Argentina was heavily settled by uh, people from Italy, uh, all over Europe. And what kind of makes Argentina a little different from the rest of Latin America. And uh, but they were under that that stranglehold of uh, the Peronist, uh, you know, dependence of the state for so long. And I think maybe because Javier Millet is such, let's be honest, he's a very striking character, whether it's his hair or the way he speaks, uh, waves his arms around and uh, uh, his use of language is very colorful and uh, it did get the attention he needed to win a, a national election. And I think um, when I last checked, he had over 56% of the, of the vote, probably even higher by now. Yeah. And, you know, I, I've, and by the way, there's a lot of uh, Croats in Argentina uh, yeah. as as, mm -hmm. as well. The the famous Croatian general um, that helped in the war in Croatia, Ante Gotovina. Tony Cash, his name is translated into Cash Gotovina. Uh, he was in Argentina, um, I think, before when he decided to come back and fight uh, in the 90s in, in Croatia. But uh, there mm -hmm. are there are some cynics, though, when it comes to Millet, uh, sure. people who are also conservatives, anti-establishment, just more cynical, saying, oh, he's controlled opposition or, oh, uh, his face is uh, still yeah. and bio are still up on the World Economic Forum uh, website. He's pro-Israel, pro-Ukraine. Uh, and, you know, for, for myself, you know, even if he is constrained, as, as all politicians are to an extent or controlled opposition, we, we could use a bit of WWF style. You know entertainment in, in in politics as they as they build the digital concentration camp uh around us but um you know i guess with all politicians we'll we'll see as time uh goes on but you know any thoughts uh on that it, it just seems like a breath of fresh air someone like uh Millet. i agree 100 percent um let's let's be honest too all politicians they all talk a good game that's how you win an election talk a good game uh, one thing he's going to have to struggle with is that his party is not a in the I think in the legislature there they don't hold that many seats so he's going to have to if he wants to get anything done he's going to have to compromise and he's going to have to meet people halfway that's just the art of politics in any country uh, you know Argentina being one of many but uh, it's just he's like you know you overpromise that's just you can point to any politician. So, uh, yeah, that's just uh, na the nature of the beast. But I am optimistic because at least finally, I think um, by trying to abolish the central bank and adopting the U.S. dollar as our national currency, that right there would bring them an economic stability that they haven't felt in that country for so long. The Argentinian peso is a joke. It's, uh, I think, we're at 134% inflation the last time I checked. So it's... It's good for tourists if you bring in hard currency, but for the people earning in pesos, it's a disaster. So if you can just manage to dollarize the economy, I think that if you can just accomplish that, that'll be a, a big step in the right direction for that country because it's a country blessed with natural resources, well-educated people. I mean, they have everything. They have uh, farmland, mountains, uh, whatever, you, any kind of natural resource, they have it. It's just due to government uh, corruption. It's just going to going to waste. Yeah, I, I've heard some of the horror stories. I know a few Argentinians here in Mexico, and one of them is an older dude who was a football trainer, and he was one of the trainers on one of the Argentina World Cup teams, I think, like way back uh, in the 70s or somewhere. And he, he's been telling me horror stories about uh, even like his salary just a couple of years ago when he was in Argentina 
um it just drastically just disappeared like dropped 80 percent as you say Abs absolute horror um a story and i think you may you may have mentioned el, Sal el salvador uh, i think i'm seeing bukele he just unveiled a grand new library so uh you know that's another i guess bright spot in latin america in this case in central america you know any other thoughts on el salvador or or uh, things turning around in other parts of Latin America. Well, yeah, uh, Bukele, yeah, that the library you mentioned, it's uh, open 24 seven, by the way, for everybody, which, wow, that's, uh, we can't even manage to, uh, I would like to see, a, can you imagine a library open 24 seven in New York City? That will never happen. But yet uh, he has managed again, uh, before Bukele took power, as we all know, El Salvador was what I would call for my series, a no-go zone, because, um, it was considered the most dangerous country in the world. Whereas since he took power, if I was to film an episode in El Salvador, it wouldn't be a shocking episode because I'd be like, wow, this, now we can walk the streets safely. I mean, El Salvador being a small country, it was a little easier to get, get a hold of things than a uh, you know, vast country like Brazil or something like that. But uh, yeah, I, uh, I applaud Bukele. I'm a big fan of his um, for... Uh, doing what had to be done to curb uh, one of the most violent countries on the planet that wasn't at wartime either. That's That was the big irony. El Salvador wasn't at war uh, during this uh, whole uh, crime uh, pandemic they were going through, but uh, he's managed to not only that tamper it down, but they just hosted also the Miss Universe contest there with no, you know, a big international event. I'm not into beauty pageants, but it is an international event that he hosted and it it went okay. So without a hitch, good for him. I uh, I applaud him. If you want to know Gozone, I guess you can go back to uh, Colombia. I was reading recently uh, another foreigner was killed in uh, Colombia. But of course, I guess it tends to be a, a lot of these foreigners that go there just are reckless looking for women and, and, and going yeah. to parties. And it's like if you keep your wits about you, generally, you should be uh, OK. But nonetheless, there is that security situation. Real quick, Mike, we're going to jump to our headlines. Big news. We do have some big news. TNT Radio News. Big news. For TNT Radio News. This is James O'Neill. Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu said Thursday on CBS's Evening News that after the ground operation, Israel is closer to getting Hamas to release the hostages taken during the October 7th terror attack. The former Home Secretary, Suella Braverman, who was sacked on Monday, has said the government needs to end its self-deception about being able to make its flagship Rwanda policy for illegal immigrants palatable to the UK Supreme Court and the European Court of Human Rights. Globalist agendas, democratic rights at risk, corruption, propaganda. It never stops. For the news and views silenced by the mainstream media, by government and corporations, vote one. TNT Radio. Free speech always has a home here. Stay up to date with the latest live news and current affairs delivered by our lineup of expert commentators and hosts. Listen to TNT Radio anywhere you go. Ask Alexa or Google to play TNT Radio or download the TNT Radio app for free from the App Store or Google Play. Today's news talk. This is TNT Radio. We're back with Mike of No Go zones the website is mike no go zones.com i put the link in the chat he's on twitter at m no go zones 
And as you can see, we're sort of working our way up the uh, Americas. And you know, I get guests on from all over the Western Hemisphere, Canada, USA, Mexico, Latin America. We were talking about my hometown, Chicago, uh, last week. And I, I like to get sort of a feel, a snapshot for what's going on on the ground uh, all over the place. And you're in Miami. And I this was amusing what, what you shared uh, recently that the city of Miami is a criminal racketeering enterprise, a mafia masquerading as a municipal government. Um, I'm just thinking what government isn't. <laughs> but yeah, uh, apparently Miami business owners are suing city of Miami, the commissioner, Joe Carollo, and 11 government officials individually who engage in the well-known widespread pervasive custom of weaponizing city resources to target uh, uh, and, and, and harass uh, business owners, I guess, dissidents for over 60 million. Uh, thoughts on this or, uh, you know, the, the, the wider uh, Florida region? Well, uh, Miami politics, it's like watching uh, mixed martial arts sometimes. It's uh, it's that level of uh, rancor. Uh, the reason being is that Miami doesn't really have much of an industry, where, you know, like where it's uh, in some cities, it's manufacturing in LA, it's uh, filmmaking production here it's money laundering. And what I mean by that is that if you, I don't know last time I've been to Miami, but it's full of high rise condos everywhere you go, uh, the beach, downtown, Brickle, Coral Gables. And the average salary in Miami is not the highest in the, it's just not, but yet real estate here is going for like people or you have one bedroom apartments going for a million dollars and up even higher. And you keep wondering who is buying all these apartments and uh yes you have wealthy investors you have to do some uh the celebs the the hollywood crowd that buys their homes here but a lot of it is money uh for money laundering if you're a trafficker from let's say colombia you need to launder a hundred million dollars well put it in miami real estate because it'll you can hold on to it and uh set up a shell company in panama and the cayman islands and you hold on to 10 penthouses worth at a million dollars each. And well, there you go. You, and then you sell them, you hold on to them and you sell them slowly, maybe one a year, just laundered $10 million legally. And what happens is that uh, there's a push in some people in Miami that would like to see an end to it. But the thing is that the developers would not like that because that's where they make their money. And every politician in Miami, whether they're conservative, liberal, centrist, is owned by the developers. They, uh, if you don't have a developer backing, a real estate developer backing you up, you will not get reelected. So they're all pretty much bow down to the real estate developers. And uh, the thing you mentioned with Joe Carollo, um, I actually know what happened in that incident. Uh, there's a, um, uh, what's it called? There's a nightclub in Miami called Ball and Chain. It's on Calle Ocho. They hosted uh, Joe Carollo's oppos opposition for a fundraiser. They did some kind of party there, fundraising. And when Joe Carollo found out about it, he would not give the license to operate. He shut the business down and he would not op uh, give him the license to operate again. And this went on for like a year. And that's why the owner of uh, Ball and Chain, I forgot his name, he lost a lot of money because it's, it's a pretty big venue. And he uh, sued Joe Carollo for it. And it looks like he he won his lawsuit. So for hold, hosting a fundraiser against for a politician that what, that wasn't him, he got punished for it, which is totally unfair. 
That, I mean, th that's absolutely insane. That's like uh, Carollo. I mean, that sounds like an Italian name. It's like Italian mafia style um, tactics. And, you know, just over the weekend, yeah. I was even uh, thinking about money laundering. You know, a lot of that happens here in Mexico with narcos. And, oh, sure. I, you know, just driving around town, I was noticing it's I, I haven't seen with this frequency this happening in other countries, but I'll see shops and gas stations and convenience stores that you know they're up for a while you know they deconstruct everything repaint it remodel break you know tear stuff down rebuild it and it's like a new brand new convenience store uh mm -hmm. and then it's there for some months a year or two and then you know, it seems fine I, and then they just do it all over again and i'm thinking now you just made <laughs> me think like it's got to be money laundering because you know there was a perfectly fine convenience store that before there why tear it down and rebuild it into a new brand? I mean, the only explanation for me has got to be it's got to be money, money laundering. Um, and and maybe now to jump internationally, uh, because in some of your past documentaries, you've been we, we talked a bit last time, I think a lot on Syria. So you've been to Syria, yes. um, Lebanon, um, Iraq, uh, Afghanistan, Kurdistan. And so things are getting hot in, in, in the Middle East. Uh, literally, uh, weather-wise, yeah. but also, you know, uh, figuratively. And, you know, of course, Israel-Palestine is on uh, everyone's minds. Uh, wh what do you sort of make of the situation there? Uh, it's, well, it's tragic for both sides, first of all. I have yet to go to Israel or the Gaza or the West Bank. I never had the chance to go. Um, I guess this is the right platform to say something a little controversial, <laughs> my opinion of what happened. Um, the fence between Gaza and the rest of Israel is one of the most watched borders in the world, and the Israeli Secret Service is known to be on top of it. But yet, how Hamas managed to not just break that fence with a bulldozer and the gliders, I'm sure we all saw the videos, uh, the response time. Israel is not a big country. It doesn't take hours for the military to respond from anywhere in the country. Uh, I wouldn't be shocked if uh, elements in the Netanyahu government allowed it to happen. So now they have this excuse. Well, look what they did to us. Now we got to go pay. It's payback time and we're going to get dealt with in, you know, 100 times over. And uh, I don't know if you heard this story. It's all over the Internet, too. Um, supposedly, there's something called the Ben-Gurion Canal, uh, which is supposed to being planned by Israel to it's supposed to cut through Gaza and it's supposed to rival because the Suez Canal is, we know, uh, connects the, the border between uh, Africa and Europe. But it's old. It's, it was built a long time ago. Uh, container ships have gotten a lot much more bigger and wider and longer. And uh, if they put a new canal there with, with wider, more modern uh, technology, it would totally outrival the Suez Canal and beat it out in it would be uh, something uh, unreal. But so that that's what I keep hearing. I don't know. I mean, I haven't verified if that's what really is the cause behind all this, but it would it surprise me? Probably not. And uh, I still would like to hear from the Netanyahu government why the response time and the intelligent failure of intelligence, because uh, the Mossad, whether you like them or not, they are known to be the most reliable, resourceful, uh, smartest agents out there. And how to let something like this happen is, uh, 
I, I still can't comprehend how they drop the ball on something like this and uh, and the response time. I would like I would have if I was an Israeli citizen, I'd have some serious questions for my for the government there. Like how how did how did how did this happen? How did you let this happen? Yeah, I, I haven't time. I haven't had time. I haven't mentioned this story yet, but uh, Efrat Fenningsen, who's a popular podcaster, she served in the IDF, uh, and she mm-hmm. shared a story story recently from um, in, in Hebrew, Israeli N twelve news, mm-hmm. and the article I think is titled "The Observers Warned, the Commanders Ignored." If you continue to harass, you'll be brought to trial. As time passes, more and more evidence accumulates indicating early signs of the terror attack on October 7th, which did not receive proper attention. New evidence exposes the depth of disregard and the threat to the observers who warns the observers are are not receiving close psychological support and commanders demand that they return to duty or sign a waiver. And that's that's official mainstream Israeli uh, news. And I I would uh, uh, agree with you because and it's interesting because you know we we go back to 9/11 and this is Israeli 9/11 basically uh, yeah. for most of the people if you go outside the western bubble you ask people in Kazakhstan where I used to live or or Mexico or the Balkans they're like yeah 9/11 was an inside job like it's obvious to the rest of the mm-hmm. world um you know it was some some type of false flag uh op- operation and it's interesting because 20 years um, on now, we've got a lot of us have more information. There's more open source intelligence, more, uh, you know, phones on the ground, cameras. And so I think it's getting more difficult for governments to get away with false flag operations. And it just seems like Israel has been losing control of the narrative uh it's because it's it's because we've got so much more you know satellites and cameras and all this sort of stuff and so it's it's hard for the powers to be to get away with that and i i it, it just it seems the most logical as you explained it not only for the the canal but also um the pentagon which has had dreams of uh, starting war with iran like this could be a pretext to, yeah. to build up a, a a flimsy case at least in their heads to go to war with uh, Iran, no? Oh, yeah, I um, it wouldn't surprise me, especially if you listen to some uh, American politicians such as uh, Lindsey Graham, Nikki Haley, who are pretty much beating the war drums for that. Uh, they, uh, you know, and, you know, um, he, Iran's denying it. Hey, we didn't do this. But uh, I we all know that Iran is the main supplier of money and weapons to Hamas. And um, I do believe they had something to do with it, and uh, wouldn't I wouldn't put it past them. I'm not. I'm no fan of the Iranian government. Believe me, I think they're if if the people had their say, uh, they'd be gone. But um, it wouldn't surprise me if uh, the Iranian government had uh, you know did the training. Because uh, one thing that amazed me was uh, how did Hamas manage to this impoverished stretch of land. How do they train for it? How, you know, gave them the resources to train and to be so precise in their attack. It's just, it blew my mind that. And then another thing too, going back to the failure of Israeli intelligence, uh, let's be honest, I'm sure the Mossad has agents embedded in Gaza reporting on everything. How did they miss this? An operation so clandestine. I mean, was it that top secret? That's, I would really like to, I mean, I don't know who would I'd ask, but I'd like to know how did how did that how did that slip through their fingers? You know, just blows yeah, my mind. I, I, it does take two to uh, tango, and so yeah. 
of course as you say i'm no fan of it's really a rock we're, we're in a rock in between a rock and a hard yeah place because as you say we're not fans of the iranian government but we're i think we're also uh not fans of regime change and interference uh and right. and, and and war and so it's just like <laughs> what do you do in this uh situation and so uh, yeah i think and, and all of this is nuanced people tend to jump uh in the they tend to play 2d chess right it's it's black or white it's this side or that side and it's i think as as you as you mentioned um the israeli side intentionally let their guard down you know let it happen on pur purpose as daniela ganser would say lee hop let it happen on purpose uh meanwhile the other side of course had training and resources from iran and elsewhere uh and so um you know it's now we're in this tango and i hope i hope we don't waltz our way into world war three it's time mike for our break the website is mike no go zone no go phone lines are open as well we'll be right back give me a minute with tnt radio's steve malsberg thanksgiving's less than a week away and if you're planning on taking your kids to the thanksgiving day parade the macy's parade in new york city or watching it on tv with the kids think again give serious consideration because fox news reports that as of tuesday 20,000 outraged people have signed a petition posted by one million moms protesting the inclusion of two broadway shows in the parade both of which feature transgender and non-binary performers in major roles. Yes, indeed. Think again. Here's Kristen Wagoner with Alliance Defending Freedom. Just another example of an ideological war that's being waged on families. And customers are saying they've had enough, but it seems that corporate brands that were once trusted just still aren't getting the message. So I think you're seeing parents stand up, rise up and say, we're going to parent and we expect our family friendly events to truly be family friendly and not teach our children values that we object to. We need to understand very clearly that these ideologies that are being peddled in films and in our school systems are designed to pit children against their parents. And it's time for parents to not stand on the sidelines, but to truly use their influence. Folks, don't let your kids be indoctrinated. Find something else to do. Don't let them watch the Thanksgiving Day Parade. Thanks for giving me a minute. I'm Steve Malsberg. Make sure you tune into my show Monday through Friday, 9 p.m. Eastern, right here on TNT Radio. As a combat wounded veteran, I know how hard it is to come home and build a meaningful life. When I was in Iraq, our vehicle was hit. A rocket propelled grenade exploded right under my seat. Traumatic brain injury a fractured pelvis, severe burns. They didn't think I was gonna make it. I had to learn to walk again and live with the scars, both visible and invisible. DAV helps veterans like LaToya get the benefits they've earned. They help more than a million veterans every year in life-changing ways. With DAV on my side, I was able to pursue my dreams. If my story can touch a heart, it can change a life. My victory is overcoming my wounds so I can help other veterans. LaToya Lucas, may your victories inspire many more. Support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org. This is the Hervoy Moritz Show on today's News Talk TNT Radio. It is our final segment with Mike from MikeNoGoZones.com. Check out his website and his socials and subscribe to his 
YouTube uh, channel. He's got a number of documentaries where he's traveled the the world from Syria and Beirut to uh, you know my hometown of Chicago. No go zones in America. Uh, South Bronx, New Orleans, uh, of course, uh, Miami, Seattle, uh, and so forth. Um, maybe coming back to uh, uh, America, California, California. We recently had uh, Xi Jinping hanging out with Biden. They had their meeting. Uh, Biden, of course, I saw a clip yesterday. I mean, absolutely incredible. He gets up just impromptu during one of the meetings, Biden does, and just walks over to Xi Jinping and like puts his hand on his shoulder, which is a big no-no, uh, you know, when it comes to Asian culture, just a total embarrassment at all levels. Um, and maybe to get your thoughts on the, the Xi Biden meeting and you know gavin newsom you know J john robb he, he uses this term he does the global guerrillas report he uses the term hollow state where a lot of our governments now are becoming hollow states um where it's it's like elysium the elites are only caring for themselves and just letting everything collapse and you know they cleaned up the homelessness in, in san francisco and gavin newsom was like yeah we did it because she is coming and it's like if they want to they can solve these problems but he he's openly telling us to our face newsom that we're not gonna do it we got other we're gonna we'd rather you know deal with things that are in our elite interests not you uh commoners uh and so you know thoughts on this third worldization of america because you also mentioned in your twitter feed the miami airport which is just um deteriorating so the, the thoughts on that as well as the you know us china um tango yeah um i think well the fact that joe biden did that horrible mr gaff uh it goes to show you he he's not all there i mean he's definitely definitely has signs of dementia he forgets things I, i'll never forget the famous clip of him uh, he went to hawaii to listen to the victims of the big fire and while these people are pouring their hearts out, he falls asleep in the middle of the of that meeting. I mean, it was an embarrassment. And then, the, then this thing of uh, Xi Jinping in San Francisco. I mean, again, uh, you—he's not all there. He's his mind is mush, pretty much at this point. And you a good point about what uh, they did to clean up San Francisco. All the homeless were cleared up. The, the garbage was picked up. I mean, they gave it a whole makeover. And I think the average person living there is like, wow. Uh, why can't we have it like this? Why is it only like this when a, a foreign dignitary comes here? This is, this is crazy. And um, yeah, it was another embarrassment. I uh, It's a shame. And I've never been to San Francisco. I mean, I've been all over the world, but I have yet to go there. And uh, I've seen the videos like we all have on the social media. It's just a shame how a city with such natural beauty and with so many uh, smart people living there, especially all the tech uh, giants that are there, how it, they've let it deteriorate into, uh, I mean, some streets in San Francisco uh, look like uh, you would think in the slums of uh, Mumbai. And um, yeah, listen, I'm glad they cleaned it up, but as soon as Xi Jinping's back on his jet airplane, uh, it's going to go back the way it was. And until they get new leadership in uh, California, unfortunately, I don't see anything changing. And another sad thing is that many people are leaving. Many corporations are leaving too. So who's going to be left eventually? Nobody. It's uh, all people dependent on the the state for to get by, and it's such a shame because California is a state with so much beauty. So it's uh, really sad, and 
Yeah, that's uh, that's kind of that's my opinion on California and the whole thing with uh, third world infrastructure. Yeah, well, the problem in Miami, we have money. Money's pouring in into Miami with so many people relocating here. But a problem problem is there that most of it winds up in the elites' pockets. Instead of uh, we need uh, Miami's sorely lacking in public transportation. Uh, the airport needs to be upgraded. It's I mean, people are flying in from all over the world, and it's the first impression you see is the airport. So that's just a tiny drop in the bucket. And then uh, you, you can pick any city, though, of uh, where we have uh, mishaps like this. Yeah, and just uh, going back to San Francisco, last I've, I've only been there once for three days, mm-hmm. almost 20, 20 years ago. I think it was 2004. Okay. Uh, actually, I happen to be a, a, a member of the Metallica fan club, and I won tickets awesome. um, for to, to see them play for fans only at the Fillmore East, which is where Jimi Hendrix used to play. Uh, in a club of like a thousand people or less, it was like literally Metallica playing in your bedroom. Like, you know, there were James Hetfield right, right there in front of me. That was really a fun uh, time. But, you know, even back then, I can vaguely recall it was very expensive, San Francisco, even yeah. 20 years ago. Um, and you you could it was more grimy than other parts of America, you know, more slightly more crime and, and homelessness. But I think since t- t- 20 years, that's just kind of greatly accelerated um any thoughts on the migration issue i mean you you're talking about other uh cities you know i'm from chicago i was recently reading they bust in a whole bunch of migrants to chicago venezuelans uh and they were keeping them at the airport i think o'hare if i'm not mistaken and they said you know we're not going to give you any housing or anything and then they're like okay we're going back to venezuela um it's it's worse here than than Venezuela or you know some analysts were saying I think I was listening to valuetainment or or something and they're saying they're they're probably going to go back to your, your way I think in Miami or Florida they're like they're oh, never, right. they got friends and you know uh I many Uber drivers that I had in the U.S. have been Venezuelans but um the border crisis shows shows no signs of of, of stopping your thoughts uh, uh on that uh you're right it's not stopping at all uh I um I haven't been to New York City lately, but I have a lot of family there, and they pretty much told me that uh, there's many hotels, but in the Times Square area that are housing the, these migrants, and I just hear it's like total chaos. Uh, they're not there's not enough rooms to house them. Who's paying for this too? That's a good question. Uh, I think um, the reason why so many are being I, I I'm willing to think that it's, someone's behind this. I don't know who, whether it's Soros or one of these people. Because to get from Venezuela to the United States to the border, it takes a lot of time and resources. How are you getting there? I mean, yes, they walk, but you can only walk so much. I mean, and even if you walk, well, you need food, you need shelter, you need to stay somewhere, you need to maybe take a bus somewhere. I mean, are they saving up enough money to make it all the way to the border, uh, to the Texan border? Maybe, or uh, maybe they're... uh, being tra- uh, tra- human trafficking is another issue that could be needs to be addressed. As my, how many of them are being trafficked over to here, and then have to become like slaves in a sweatshop or even a, something even hard, more horrible, uh, uh, sex trafficking? You know, to pay for the debts incurred to get to the states. I mean, that's something that should be investigated. Like how many are working in underground brothels or or wherever? And it's a, it's a shame that this is happening and. The fact, uh, another thing wouldn't surprise me also is uh, if Maduro, the president of Venezuela, isn't uh, encouraging people to leave because let's be honest, Venezuela's broke. It's 
failed society, it's a failed, it's a failed state. But yet, I think for Maduro, it's a way of like relieving the pressure. Hey, if I can get rid of uh, half a million people, that's a half a million people I have to worry about uh, protesting against me that I have to feed and clothes. So he, for him, it's like a relieving the pressure for him. So I think he's encouraging it. I don't know if he's paying him out. Wouldn't surprise me. But um, of course, you, you search the internet. Uh, is it Soros? Is it uh, NGOs uh, that are that's financing this? Um, in uh, New York City, yeah, it's I heard New York's a mess. Uh, Chicago, I read about that too. That they're just arriving on mass and there's nowhere to put them. Uh, the Venezuelan community in Doral, oh, I'm sorry, I should say in Miami, there's an area called Doral, which is very heavily Venezuelan, but the Venezuelans that live in Miami tend to be from the upper class, the well-educated, they're the, the people that had all the money. They actually came to Miami with all their money to buy houses, and you see them driving nice cars, they're all uh, living uh, living their best lives here. But the new wave of uh, migrants coming, they are definitely not... Uh, we're not coming in uh, Porsches and BMWs like you see here in Doral. But um, it's a question that I think in the next uh, presidential cycle in 2024 definitely needs to be addressed by uh, whoever, the can uh, whether it's Trump or Biden, whoever. It has to be addressed that who is not only how do we stop this, but who is behind it? What's go what's what's the what's the ulterior motive of the people financing this uh, huge waves that are coming here unprepared? Uh, we're, we're not ready for it. They're not being vetted also. I think also at the border, they caught people on the FBI list for terrorism. Um, not from, they're coming from all over the world and they're blending in with the waves and waves of migrants slipping in, not being vetted at all. I, that's a concern of mine. Yeah, and that was a good point you brought up, because which I only learned uh, about recently that uh, of Maduro encouraging this uh, or yeah. even um, helping because uh i'll have on later this week for the first time and next week i think as well uh mexican americans or latino americans uh working reporting on the border one of them just got recently uh, arrested in san antonio unlawfully by the police and um some of these guys have exposed how uh there was a venezuelan in in florida gangs you know uh backed by the venezuelan government um, running, you know, doing gang related uh, activities and, and and who knows again, you know, in, in the future, what these networks might be capable of, of uh, when there comes a crisis point in America. And so, um, yeah, I definitely agree with you. We got a, a minute and 20 seconds left. Uh, you know, any any final thoughts that if you want to tell us about, again, your, your, your website, um, your, your latest projects and so forth? Okay, well, on November 30, I'm releasing my next episode. It's uh, Kharkiv. Ukraine. Uh, my latest one was in Kiev. I was in the capital, and many people would uh, would write to me uh, like, "Hey, uh, Kiev looks fine. What's why are we spending billions of dollars?" Uh, he goes, "I saw you walking around, uh, eating and uh, drinking beer on a on a pub crawl. Uh, this what kind of what kind of no go zone is this?" That was the biggest complaint I got, and I'm like, "Well, the capital is totally protected. It's totally secure." But what we have, uh, but I ventured to another city called Kharkiv. Kharkiv used to be the second largest city in Ukraine before the war. And uh, that's the city got hit the hardest. Uh, it's pretty brutal. Uh, this episode is gonna be, you're not gonna see me walking into museums and cathedrals like you did in my other episode. You're gonna see me walking around ruins. You can, if you're looking for hard hitting, uh, in your face, uh, after effects of a war watch that episode it's 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 pretty much done all right, I'll, 30, I'll, uh, yeah. 
It'll be released. In 10 days, MikeNoGoZones.com. I'll be sharing that uh, as well. Thank you, Mike, for being with us again. Okay, thanks for inviting me. I'm 